Welcome to another episode of Follow the Brand. I am your host, Grant McGaw, CEO of Five Star BDM, a five-star personal branding and business development company. I want to take you on a journey that takes another deep dive into the world of personal branding and business development using compelling personal stories, business conversations, and tips to improve your personal brand. By listening to the Follow the Brand podcast series, you will be able to differentiate yourself from the competition and allow you to build trust with prospective clients and employers. You never get a second chance to make a first impression. Make it one that will set you apart, build trust, and reflect who you are. Developing your five-star personal brand is a great way to demonstrate your skills and knowledge. If you have any questions for me or my guests, please email me at grant.magaw, spelled M-C-G-A-U-G-H, at 5star BDM, B for brand, D for development, M for masters.com. Now let's begin with our next five-star episode on Follow the Brand. Hello. I am your host, Grant McGaw, and today I will introduce an episode of our Season 2 series on business development. The season will officially start in the fall, but I wanted to get you a glimpse of the upcoming episodes. Season 2 will focus on sharing stories of entrepreneurs who have built businesses from the ground up, subject matter experts, and event promotion. The show will also share information on how they started, grew, and left a productive business. The Follow the Brand podcast has gained hundreds of listeners per month. It has never been easier to start a business, but it's never been harder to succeed. Each episode of the Follow the Brand Season 2 will explore the inspiring stories behind how people grow a business, an idea, or a movement. Our first guest will feature Foster Exposé Jr. of Episode 4 in our personal brand series. He is promoting an intriguing program called Black Men Are Unbreakable. On November 5th, 2021, the brothers will assemble to discuss how black men are unbreakable in various areas of their lives. The episode will focus on brotherhood, the stigma of mental wellness, how to shift your financial focus, spirituality, and much more through nine gentlemen sharing their personal transformational stories. Now, let's listen in on episode one in season two. And remember, we are building a five-star brand that you can follow. I want to welcome everybody to a very, very special episode that we're having on Follow the Brand. This starts season two. This is our business development season. We're going to talk about some very, very important topics throughout the season. And number one, we're going to kick off with Black Men Are Unbreakable. I'm going to bring back someone that was in season one, Dr. Foster Exposé Jr. You guys remember him, Psychology at Work. If you did not tune into it, please tune into it. It was episode four. It's an epic conversation between me and Foster Exposé. He then, he frames a story about what he's passionate about, about helping Black professionals to break through. 
to get to that next level and really talk about things along lines of their professionalism, their, their emotions, their leadership, their careers. And this is what this program is about. Black men are unbreakable. It's something that's going to be uh, on a virtual platform in the November timeframe, but we're going to, I'm going to let Foster tell you more about that as we move along. So without further ado, Dr. Foster Exposé Jr., bring it up. Brother Grant, Grant Hill, thank you so much for the privilege of your time and your platform. Thank you so much for, for opening up the doors to allow me and my colleagues to spend some time with you to talk about our upcoming event. Um, I want to introduce uh, some of my panelists that will be on the uh, conference in November. Uh, Nasir Bayan, Marcus Ford, and Christian Spears. These three guys are part of the panel that will come together in November, or actually on November 5th and 6th, to talk about Black Men Are Unbreakable. And that format is going to be around spirituality, leadership, brotherhood, their careers, mental health, and their finances. All of these things are connected with Black men. The reason why I, I chose the, the title Unbreakable, because I thought about the last year and everything that we experienced as human beings, but I thought about it from the lens of a Black man. All those things surfaced for me through the last year. My spirituality, my career, my finances, the brotherhood with me and colleagues across the country, my mental health. I was here in Denver by myself. I moved here and then four months later, everything shut down. So I was, you know, stuck in my apartment for over a year and a half, just me and the four walls. So my mental health was something I thought about. And also leadership. I do spend a lot of time with developing leaders, in particular African-American uh, males that are uh, in various stages of their career and also precision leaders. This conference is the second annual leadership conference that I'm putting on. The first one I launched was August of last year. And I was going to do it again August this past year, but so much happened and the panel size grew. I want to give it some more groundswell before we actually launched it in November. So that's why we're here today to kind of talk about that and let the guys share their stories as well. But what's different about this, this uh, conference uh, grant is it's going to hit home. It's not going to be uh, the guys just giving you a PowerPoint presentation. They're going to share stories, maybe from an intimate perspective, but also maybe from either clients or people they worked with. So guys don't want to miss this. These kinds of conversations are so important for Black men because we often don't get this kind of space or platform to share this level of intimacy with each other. And these guys have really, in the planning process, have really come forward sharing powerful stories and powerful outlines for their discussions. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I, I've been in a lot of your previous conferences that you've done, as well as you know the, the monthly uh, seminars that you've had around, mm -hmm. I think it's called, now correct me wrong on their title, it's a coffee with my brothers. Can give help me with that. A cup of coffee with my brothers. That I knew I was right <laughs> on. A cup of coffee with my brothers. And these brothers are all over the country. And Correct. you've given them a platform, an mm -hmm. opportunity to talk about things that they normally don't have those open discussions with. Absolutely. With people that don't really, they, they don't really absolutely know each other but they know they have those similarities that there's having, you know, challenges with, 
that they can have conversations with. So we're going to open up the mic and we're going to have more of a barbershop discussion with Christian, with Marcus, with Nasir. And we're going to give you a little bit, little snippet, let's say, of what you're going to get at that November conference with Black Men Are Unbreakable. So my mm-hmm. first question, I'm going to I'm going to ask this of Christian because he told me a little bit earlier that uh, he had been in the service. He had gotten married. He had did some things that I think are, are very impactful. And he's got had that career move. So I want to ask Christian, like, why, why are you involved with this? What, what, what makes this passionate for you? Most definitely. So first and foremost, uh, very happy to be in the presence of, of these giants, these men here. Um, first, I got to thank uh, Dr. Foster just for bringing me on board with this great opportunity that we have coming up in November. Um, Grant, I thank you as well for having us on the, on the podcast today. It's a true honor and a privilege. And so um, really uh, what, what we would like to bring to the table and really um, just my personal experiences, I'll share a little bit. Um, you know, I was I commissioned as a lieutenant in the Air Force in 2015, and um, I was an aspiring career officer. So I thought I was going to have my 20-year career in the Air Force serve my country proudly, do great things, work with phenomenal airmen um, and, and just people in the Air Force and across the world. Uh, one of my first assignments was actually overseas um, at Aviana Air Base in the northeastern region of Italy. So was off to a phenomenal start, uh, really excited about the prospect of my future and my trajectory in the armed forces. Um, about 18 months into my initial five-year commitment that I was um, given to the Air Force as, a, as an academy grad, um, I encountered some very significant and very perplexing um, medical concerns, um, medical uh, medical condition that ultimately, um, for lack of better terms, shifted the trajectory that I thought that I would be on. And so dealing with that as a young man, dealing with that as a young Black man, um, as a young husband, you know, my wife and I were um, about a year and a half into our marriage. Um, it, was, it was challenging. And, um, you know, as we talk about the word unbreakable, um, really, I'll get, get to that in a second. But over the next two years of my career, I went through what's called a medical evaluation boards. Um, and ultimately, at the end of that journey, um, the Air Force said, you know, hey, you're not you're not fit for duty. You're not fit to serve. And so unfortunately, we're going to have to discontinue your service in the Air Force. And so for a guy like myself, who is, you know, type A and driven and motivated and had my whole whole career mapped out um, to say that was a blow to my gut uh, is a complete understatement. And so um, separating out of the Air Force in 2018, um, not really knowing what was next because all my eggs were in that basket. Um, my wife was eight months pregnant with our first child. And so a lot of unknowns. Um, and so really what, what I'm going to be talking about in this, in this um, event is faith, family, and fight. And so because of my faith, um, because of the support of family and friends, and because of a willingness to fight, I was able to take back control of, of my career. Um, I was able to get back on my feet, so to speak. Um, but, but by no means was it a, 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 a sole effort on my part, but it was with the support of others. Um, and ultimately, um, as, as a result of that experience, you talk about resilience, you talk about grit, um, you talk about perseverance, and you talk about the word unbreakable. And so uh, that's what I hope to bring to this, to this event coming up soon. And, um, and again, just honored to be alongside these other gentlemen. Well, I tell you, I'm excited to hear that. I think a lot of people, especially in these times, have gone through change. I've talked to a lot of different professionals that had a, a certain career track that they were on, 
and mm-hmm. they they got I would say like upset at the goal line. You know, there, there was a fumble. There there was a, there was a, a change in, in the game, and the game plan had to change in order to get back into winning position. So mm-hmm. I, I look forward to hearing what you're what you're talking about because I think a lot of people know people or or personally have been going through those type of struggles, especially of, of late. So thank you very much, Christian. Absolutely. Yes, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, uh, when Christian and I met a few months back and had a chance to have a conversation before I really started to formalize what Unbreakable would look like and how we would deliver it to the masses, his story just really spoke to me because I find that sometimes we as brothers, we put our careers in other people's hands. And when they don't do us right, it breaks our spirit. And we say, well, I can't do anything because of X. This brother picked himself up, put his faith forward, and now he has bounced back. So his story is going to be truly transformational when people hear it in November. I'm like, hey, as I stated, I, I, I have experienced those types of things. Everybody mm-hmm. will, will go through those things differently in their in their lifetime. But hearing it from other people, sharing it with other people, knowing that there is a path forward is very important. So absolutely, definitely want to look forward to that. Now, I wanted to pivot over to Marcus Ford because Marcus, he, he's going to talk about finances and finances is always a pivotal point. It's an enabler to move your life forward. It is not the cornerstone of your life, but it is definitely a very, very important part of how you're going to achieve some of your life goals. So with that question said i wanted to bring up mr marcus ford all right thank you brother grant um great great to be here with you this evening so the reason why i wanted to be a part of, of this momentous occasion it has to do with my life and and i'll start off by by telling a joke um well it's not really a joke i, I stole it from chris rock so in one of chris rock's <laughs> comedy specials he says, um, there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy, right? If a person is rich, they can lose that with a bad habit and a good summer. <laughs> if a person is wealthy, they're not going to lose that over a, a, a bad habit and a good summer. And so it's all about the options. And that ties to my life because growing up, I'm from uh, Southeast Georgia, was born in Florida, raised in Southeast Georgia. And so uh, my parents were big on education. Both my parents were teachers. Uh, Between the two of them, they never made $100,000 with their salaries combined. But they had a dream to uh, pay for the education for their sons, myself and my older brother. And so my older brother went to college before me. Uh, He's about eight years older than I am. And he ran into some difficulties and he had to take out some student loans. And he's just recently got to the point where he's paid those student loans off. Now, he's been out of school for um, a little over 20 years, and he's just now paying off his student loans. And so my parents made the decision to send me to school without me having to take out any student loans. Now, a couple teachers in the Georgia public school system were able to put together a financial plan to send their youngest son to school out of state without him having to take out a student loan. That in in and of itself is powerful. And so that spurred me to to pay it forward. So I've been working in the financial field since I came out of college in 2008. And of course, in 2008, we saw some things 
that we hadn't seen before. And so in coming through that, um, Dr. Foster said something. He said um, something about making sure that your future isn't in someone else's hands. And what better tool to use to make yourself unbreakable than your finances? If your finances are in control, then no one else is in control of your future and the options are limitless for you. And so in doing that, I took an interest in, in finance and I took an interest in paying it forward. And in doing that, uh, did some studying. And there was a study that was done by a professor by the name of Sandy Darity. Um, and it dealt with the wealth gap, all right? And he looked at two specific things. He looked at the income gap and he looked at the wealth gap uh, from about 1968 up until about 2007. And he found out two things. Number one, the income gap has started to close or it's almost completely closed, which means we're in better positions than we've ever been. We're making more money than we've ever made. We, we should be in a really good position as African-American community. But he saw that the wealth gap actually widened. So while we are really good at making money, we're really good at being passionate and creative. We don't all the time marry that up with a good strategy to pass that wealth on. And so that's why I do what I do to make sure that I give everyone that I meet the tools that they need so that they can be as successful as they want to be, and not just them, but the generations that they leave behind. Man, I I, I love what you just said there, because finances, you know, it's the most important, one of the most important things you need to learn, especially in our society. And as you go through school, I tell you what, I think I learned more by playing Monopoly than I did by going to school about really the capitalistic society. <laughs> you know, when you got to buy houses, you know, you, you got you to play this game called life. And it gets very, very dicey as you get out there and you re really begin to see how you have to manage your money and how to invest properly and truly need you. You're playing a game. It's not, you can't be on the football field and thinking you're playing baseball. That's not going to work. So this is a capitalistic society. You need to make money. Money is the currency that propels your life. So it is extremely important not to know about it, but to master it. So I appreciate what you're doing uh, for us uh, on this particular uh, event that's coming up, Marcus. Thank you very much. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Now I'm going to defer back to, to Foster because I want him to bring up Monsieur. Because I, I look at him, he, he's ready to talk. He's ready to do some things. He needs a drum roll. So I'm, I'm going to let Forrest to do that. <laughs> so, you know, when we sat down at our first planning session and I had all the topics outlined, how I wanted the guys to facilitate and talk about the conversation. And one of the things that came up was, Foster, we're not addressing mental health. I was like, oh, God, I forgot. I forgot to put that piece in there. And the first thing that came to my mind was that brother down in Atlanta, because he's done some of my other sessions in the past. I said, I got to reach out to Nasir and get him on board. This guy is an LPC. He's got his own practice. He's well-rounded. He's going to provide a lot of information to the brothers on the call. He deals with a lot of brothers in his private practice. So Nasir, talk to us about Black men are unbreakable and their mental health. 
Gotcha. Uh, thank you, Doc. Thank you, uh, Brother Grant. I feel like I owe y'all some money with that <laughs> with that with that intro. We'll talk later. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. What do you say? Check checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. <laughs> no, no problem. Um. So yeah, the uh, you know, is Doc uh, is Doc said. You know, my name is Nasir Bayan. The um, I'm a corporate consultant as well as a, a licensed therapist. You know, or psychotherapist. So. I work in the mental health space, or I like to call it the mental wellness space. Um, uh, as Doc said, the uh, there was another conference that he pulled together that a colleague of mine was a part of. And as I'm actually attending the conference, my colleague messages me and says, hey, you know, you might want to plug into this. You know, I think that there, there, there will be a benefit. And then as soon as Doc and I connected, you know, I saw, I respected um, you know, what he was doing in terms of bringing together brothers and talking about the different areas or, or lanes that we're, that we're operating in. The, um, you know, when it comes to, to mental health or, or Black man's mental health, the, I know a lot about it. I spent 20 years in corporate, and I know what it's like to be on that hamster wheel where you're trying to deliver on the, the, the needs and the expectations. You're trying to figure out how to navigate within the environment. And that can be stressful. I mean, it's real. And we don't always talk about mental health or what I call you know, mental wellness. This episode is brought to you by Five Star BDM. Five Star BDM is a professional consulting and advisory group keenly focused on business development services for small to mid-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. Although every business is unique, they often share challenges that can be addressed through smart branding. Services include process improvement and operations, digital strategy and transformation, business intelligence, digital marketing, and personal branding. Our five-star business and personal branding company has helped a number of professionals and organizations to optimize and grow. The result is more business, more opportunities, better reach, positive outcomes. Please visit www.5starbdm.com to learn more and view all the episodes of Follow the Brand. There's sometimes a lot of stigma or has been a lot of stigma uh, around that. And sometimes we don't always get the, the help that we need uh, or acknowledge that we need some help with that uh with that sort of stuff the before i was a, a licensed therapist the i did therapy the and i remember those experiences of uh being in graduate school you know at the very beginning of becoming a counselor therapist and having professors say well if you're going to be a counselor you're going to be a therapist it's a good idea to get your own counseling or therapy and me hearing it and with my logical mind thinking well yeah that, that makes sense you know it checks out Keep it moving. And then hearing that again, and then hearing that again, and by maybe the third or fourth or fifth or sixth or whichever time it was, it was like, well, you know what? Maybe I'm actually supposed to do something with this. And even though that was a while ago, I remember the the experience of it. I remember the um, the nervousness, you know, what it was like trying to find a provider, uh, what it was like, you know, just thinking, well, what, what do folks say? And just all of those different, you know, feelings or experiences uh, or emotions. On the other side of it, 
life-changing, revolutionary. Most of us don't have a space where, even if it's just for one hour out of the week, there's another person where their only goal is to focus on you, your health, your wholeness. What do you need? How are you feeling? What are you thinking? How you're experiencing things? So it can be transformational. But even on the, the other side of you know counseling or therapy, I still had the social um, anxiety of like, well, do I tell my homeboys or, you know, do I tell anyone in my family and that sort of thing? And it took a while for me to even be comfortable, even though it was a positive experience saying like, yeah, you know, I did counseling, I did therapy and it was really, really good. Um, so I said to say that, you know, I bring a lot of empathy or compassion when it comes to this topic of mental health or mental wellness and specifically for brothers, you know, or, 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 or for black men. Um, I know what it's like to be successful externally, you know, married and nice, you know, six-figure job and a nice, you know, ego-boosting title. So external, having external success, but internally, you know, still dealing with stress or anxiety or depression is real. So when there are spaces where we can get together and be real with each other, support each other, hold each other up, um, you know, call each other higher. I think it's, uh, I think it's powerful. So really excited to be a part of the conference. Um, I'm going to speak on what I'm calling the, the mental health mistakes of success minded black men, meaning is success minded black men. What might be some of the, the mental health quote unquote mistakes or things that could get us tripped up, uh, and kind of just br- bring some awareness to it. So really excited about, uh, you know, tapping in in November and, um, you know, look forward to, the folks that are going to be there, uh, being a part of it. Man, it's, I, I can't wait. I need to jump in time and, and get there now. So we, we want to get to a, a small snippet. My audience right now, like you guys have teed this up so well. You're like, tell me something right now. <laughs> you know, so with that said, and, and thinking where we are right now and, and the conversations that I've had with uh, a lot of black leaders and knowing where we're at. And when I, when I'm going to put it in the context of a story of a person I know right now. They had the six-figure job. I'm going to emphasize the HAD had. And then they got the big layoff. And then now they're in that pivot. You know, sort of like what Christian was talking about. And then now you got to start looking at what Marcus was talking about with your finances. Then you're definitely looking at what Nasir is talking about with your mental health. And then what, what, what Foster always talks about, the, the, the psychology of yourself, and then a lot of the struggles, there's challenges he has just with Black men is that they don't seek that help, uh-huh. right? When, especially when it comes to leadership and, and, and coaching. The white counterparts will do this. Other cultures do this. This is not like a sign of, of weakness at, at all. It, it's something that's there for us to have conversation because you're not alone. So when you have those that 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 life changing event that puts the, some upset in your game, you know how do you rebound from from that? And then what's that best next step? So I like to talk about what if you were in that situation right now. Here I am, you know, making six figures. I just got my my pink slip today. It's Friday. It's the middle of August. I'm dealing with Delta variant. I don't know what the next job is going to look like. I may be, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say you're paid it paycheck to paycheck, but you might be. You might have two, maybe three months of uh, resources available before the bills really start piling up. You're concerned. What would you talk 
talk to us. That's a great question. Um, uh, you know, I wish one of my brothers was here, Dr. Brad Bellard. He's going to talk about the the change in the African-American male brotherhood, how that needs to look different today, how we should be unbreakable in our brotherhood. And the thing that comes to mind for me is you should have brothers in your circle right now you can reach out to, not just ask for money. That's, that's not where I'm going, but for that support. He said, hey, brother, I'm, I'm scared. You know, I, I've lost this. And to your point, I got maybe two or three months in reserve. I'm already behind on this. Having that close network of brothers you can talk to that can you can open up and share this is what happened this is what's going on um and they can support and lift you up and maybe provide you some guidance about hey i heard about maybe this job here or this thing that may help you as well your circle is so important and i want to go deeper with that and i think i may have talked about this last time grandpa i want to reiterate my my point as you change in your life and your career as, as a man your circle should change, meaning you should have people that mirror you, that you can that can support you and you can share your, your deepest thoughts and feelings with. If you don't have that kind of circle around you now, you need to reevaluate, remove, and start bringing in the right ones, cultivating new relationships. Because when those kinds of things happen, you need your boys to support you. That's the most important part of this. And then, of course, you got to uh, you got to get into prayer. You got to really get into that religious aspect. Get bringing God and Jesus into the conversations and asking for that guidance. You know, hey, this is your will. What's next? Show me, structure me, order my steps. But also have your brothers as your support. I open up to my guys. You know the perspective you guys want to offer to that. Yeah, thank you so much, Doctor Foster. Thank you, Grant, for the uh, for the question. Um, really, I, I could not, I, I'm going to try to rephrase this differently because all that I had in mind to say, Dr. Dr. Foster literally just said it. Um, but just going back to it, uh, first of all, you talk about the, the reactive approach versus the proactive approach. And I think that's so important. And what Dr. Foster was just saying, like having that circle around you, um, that's, what I would, that's what I would encourage anyone to do, whether you're in a crisis situation right now or you're cruising smooth sailing, mm-hmm. Fiji King. It's, it's, it's crucial to have that, that support system around you, to have those brothers, to have those family members, to have that, that faith, that family um, that you can lean on in, in the mountain peaks and in the valley lows. That's, that's crucial. Um, and then I'll also say another thing to be proactive about. Um, I love what my brother Nasir said, uh, ver- uh, mental health versus mental wellness. And that in itself is, is depicting it in a positive light. And something that is essential to all of us is our mental wellness. Um, and I, I find it very interesting when I talk to brothers, whether it's friends or family members, and they open up to me about seeking out therapy or seeking out counseling. I can almost hear the hesitation in their voice because it's like they don't know how it's going to go. They don't know if I'm going to judge them or be like, oh, bro, why are you doing that? And it's like, I really hope that we as a people can get away from that stigma and we can start to support each other. Because the way I see it is just like it's important to go get your checkup, your physical checkup with the doctor. Just like it's important to have that spiritual background, that spiritual foundation. Um, and you have your, you know, your Sunday service or however you practice and implement that in your faith. That's the spiritual side of it. It's just as important to have something in place for our mental health, uh, our, our mental wellness, I should say. Um, whether, like I said, whether on a mountain, a mountain peak or a valley low, it's just important to have that in place and just, and just just to have a reoccurring checkup from time to time. 
Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a quarter. Maybe it's once a year. But something in place that I get to go to this professional, this mental wellness professional, and just have a checkup, just have a conversation. That's just as crucial as the spiritual, as the, as the emotional, as the physical, as the social. And so um, I just really hope that that we as a as a as a people group can get away from those stigmas. Um, and, and I can't emphasize it enough having the community. And um, those are just a few things that come to mind. That's awesome. Uh, Marcus, I want to ask you, because this, when I, when I thought about that and I listened to Foster and Kristen, I'm thinking, I, I put things a lot of times in sporting context, right? And so I'm the, the quarterback out there and I've been running the team and I've been you know, making first downs and now all of a sudden I'm out of the game. And you've got to have that, somebody's got to step up. Something has to step up. And I think about that when you talked about wealth. You start, talked about the difference between someone who's rich and then someone who's wealthy. Meaning you have that that second, that bench, you know, that, that third player that can get in there. Talk, talk to me about that. Sure, sure. Um, and so it's funny that you mentioned football. Uh, because as most most of you know, I played ball at Florida State. Uh, played under Bobby Bowden. Um, may he rest in peace. Uh, a lot of the things that I was taught in life came from football, and finance is no different. So there's something that that was a common thread that I heard uh, in the the dialogue that we've had, and that's all about control. Now, in order for you to win the football game, what do you have to do? You have to control the ball. Coach would always tell us um, every possession has to end in a kick, whether it's a punt or a field goal, because either way, I'm controlling where the other team is starting if it's a punt, and I'm getting some points on the board if it's a field goal. So in, in the situation that you mentioned, um, brother's making good money, and all of a sudden he gets a pink slip, and now he doesn't know what to do. Well, uh, that's the time to take control. And that's where, and when we talk about finances, a lot of people get excited because they think, oh, they're going to give me a good stock tip. They're going to tell me uh, how to get rich. And that's not really what it's about. What it's about is shifting your focus. Uh, what I've found is that we've had our focus when it comes to finances on the wrong lens. And here's what I mean by that. We don't view money as a, a means to an end, we view money as the end, right? We get our validation from the six-figure job. We get our validation from uh, the status that comes with it, when in actuality, that money is there as a tool to put us in a situation where we have those options, where we become unbreakable. And in making sure that we're putting our money where it needs to be, just like Brother Christian talked about, uh, we have to make sure that we have somebody who's knowledgeable, a professional who can help us. And as we all know, uh, money is not really something that we talk about in the African-American community. Um, we just say, hey, I'm doing all right. And we keep it moving. And then we, we have a little little something here just in case I, I pass away. Got a little ten thousand dollar policy here that's going to take care of me, uh, my final expenses. But what's it going to do for the expenses that are left after I'm gone? We don't we don't think about the future um, in terms of setting our um, children and our grandchildren up so that they can continue the forward trajectory. 
And that's where the community comes in, right? You have to have somebody that you trust. You have to have somebody that you can dialogue with that you know is not going to judge you based on, oh, you spend way too much money. You're a bad person. Um, no, a person who can look at it objectively instead of subjectively and help you to your goal. That's what we need the most. Um, and when you have your, your finances in place and you're looking at it through the tool lens rather than the ends lens, you'll find that your mental wellness gets better as well because you're not stressed out about working 85, 90 hours a week to maintain a status with a bunch of people that you don't even like half the time. Um, I'm sorry I'm preaching, but uh, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll, end it. I got it. I'll end it right there. <laughs> and Nasira, you want to jump in here? Yeah, the, uh, the go ahead, go ahead and preach, uh, brother, <laughs> brother Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm front, front, uh, front row, front, front, front pew, front pew. Um, so much of what, uh, of what brother Marcus said just, just hit and landed, meaning you're showing the link between mental wellness and financial wellness the uh this came up in a, a conversation with uh with some of the brothers on this panel recently about even talking about money and just the acknowledgement that you know to get into the, the mental you know the mental wellness piece of it you know these two are linked you know the mind and the body are linked what i think about up here can impact how i feel in here so if we know that that's true when it comes to talking about money, talking about money can be emotional. There's going to be some feelings, some fee-fees that are up in there. Why? Because in this society, money can sometimes become the proxy for things like our sense of safety, survival, my ability to take care of self, my ability to take care of those that I care and love about. Uh, th those I care and that I love, um, my perceived ability to be a protector or a provider. Like there's a whole lot of stuff that can get linked to money. So if a person just says, hey, let's come in and talk about money and doesn't realize that there's probably a whole lot of stuff internally that's coming up, then some people are on board. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about strategy and tips and execution and crypto and stocks. And well, what about real estate? And what are you invested in? And for other folks, it's like, whoa, let's put the brakes on because there's a lot of either fear, anxiety, shame, like it's some stuff coming up. So I say all that to just, you know, add on or build to Brother Marcus's point of financial wellness and mental wellness absolutely have that link. And if we don't even have this conversation and just acknowledge like, hey, talking about money might bring some stuff up, then sometimes we're not, um, we don't set folks up to be as empowered as they can or want to be when it comes to actually executing, you know, differently with their, uh, you know, with their finances. So just, uh, just seconding everything that, uh, that, that, that brother or, or, or preacher Ford, just, uh, just say it. <laughs> brother Seminole. Yeah. <laughs> brother Seminole. Brother Seminole. <laughs> <Down there. laughs> so guys, man, that was a great snippet of what, people can expect when they tune in to black men are unbreakable. And I think of it as being resilient. Resiliency just kind of resounds in everything you four said. There's going to be another four gentlemen that, that are going to join this particular event that's going to take place. 
I want to uh, pivot back over to Foster. Give us some context around when and where, and then some final thoughts. Sure. So just to uh, acknowledge those guys that are not in our presence today, um, Dr. Anthony Purdue, who will talk about um, leadership, as well as Anthony Land Andrew Landry, uh, Dr. Brad Bellard, who is in, in uh, Dallas, Texas, who is a sports medicine physician, who's going to talk about the brotherhood. Sean Cosby is going to be partnering with Marcus to talk about finances and also Reverend Kevin Johnson to talk about black men unbreakable in their spirituality. So November 5th is going to be like our networking uh, event from, I think it's from like 5 to 6.30 Mountain Time, where the guys can come on going to uh, the Teams format, I'm sorry, the uh, Zoom format virtually, going to breakout rooms, have conversation, kind of get to know each other. We're calling it Bow Ties and uh, Bourbon Lounge. So you guys can kind of hang out with that. And then we'll start on uh, Friday, uh, Saturday, November the 6th for the full conference from uh, 8.30 that morning to it's 2.30 that afternoon with some breaks and breakout rooms along the way. So great information. You guys got a snippet today of what's coming. September 1st is the early bird registration for $75. That goes until September 30th. And then October 1 until November 5th, it is $100 to register for the conference. We got sponsors coming in to help us out with some things and also endorsements as well. So Great opportunity, great networking. This conference builds on the conference from last year and all those monthly sessions that I do. Uh, so we're hoping the guys can come in with their pen and paper, take more notes, uh, grow their skills, and network with other men across the country and continue to continue building brotherhood and understand why it's so important for us as Black men to be unbreakable. Oh. Love it. Love it. And where, is there a website that they can go to to register? It will be available via Eventbrite through our uh, networking um, email, also on our Facebook page. My website is in the process of uh, being updated, so it should be completed by next week. You can go to drexpose.net, click on MOC. You can uh, find the link to register there as well. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. The guys will share their platforms as well. You can uh, find them on Twitter or LinkedIn as well to uh, register as well. Many different ways to to uh, to register for the conference. I tell you, I'm going to have it on the uh, fivestarbdm.com website uh, also. So mm -hmm. if anyone is interested in that, you'll have the, the link to go ahead and tune in. I, I highly encourage anyone, no matter what your background may be, what you're going through, it doesn't really matter. It's really good to hear about the human experience from different points of view and hearing the different personal stories that you heard here uh, today that'll be amplified at the uh, conference that's going to take place in November. So I want to thank everyone for being a guest on today's uh, show. This is one of our, uh, my, my favorite platforms when we're talking about business development and we're truly trying to help our black men who are unbreakable to move the, the, the needle forward. And, and that's what I'm really looking for. So until the next time, see you later. Take care. Bye-bye.